Welcome back to Dev Dive episode 15. I'm your host, Nighthawk, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Riot Legend Larry. Hello. And our guest this week is, uh, we, we don't have a guest. Um, we were supposed to have my good friend SpooksoP on, but he went through some personal issues recently and he asked if he could uh, postpone for a week or two. So we're going to have him on in two weeks, I think. One or two weeks. We'll, we'll decide in the future. I'll let you guys know on Twitter and such. But um, yeah, so it's just going to be me and Larry today. We're going to talk about some game news and industry news that's been happening over the past few weeks. We haven't had a lot of time to talk about that kind of thing over the past few episodes since they've been such uh, such long ones. I guess we can start there um, since this is such a we're really just winging this podcast. Uh, I wanted to talk about the last few podcasts because I, I think they've been pretty awesome um we've had some great guests on we've had ryan rigney comms lead at right games um Mm -hmm. right more dog game designer uh the lead of tft so really great insight Mm -hmm. for him and then last week um we had uh right blastoise on who is um a data science and researcher for right r&d and it was a very mysterious episode because he couldn't talk much about what he's currently doing (laughs) but it was still a good show (laughs) But yeah, we haven't had a um a lot of time to just sort of chill out and talk about just normal stuff. So glad to take the 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 opportunity today, even if it wasn't uh originally planned. <laughs> so Larry, what have you been up to over the past month? Um Yep. <laughs> I think I'm right there <laughs> yeah, with you. A... <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm like the most the most effort I've put into anything this past couple months has just been the podcast. I've been putting a lot of work into organizing guests, um, editing down clips, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Try, just trying to get some more awareness out there. It's been a lot of fun, but also yeah. just like ugh, a lot of effort. Totally. Um, <laughs> like, I, I don't know, like the same as last month, I guess, like you know staying indoors trying to trying to keep safe you know I, I i venture out every now and again into the wastelands of uh what was once la uh <laughs> to get food and nourishment um i don't know today i went to ikea oh <laughs> what you get at ikea stuff, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Vivi, Vivi's been feeling a little cooped up because wow, she's she, she she's been like social distancing before social distancing was a like a a, a, a mandatory thing. Yeah. So she's like, you know, I'm I'm feeling a little cooped up. We have a balcony. Let's just go. Let's just do something with the balcony. So like I, but we don't have any patio furniture. So we were like, well, apparently IKEA has some sales on uh, some patio sets and. Uh, we we planned out what we wanted to do and uh so yeah i went to ikea today to get that that stuff so what'd you get like what type of furniture you get uh chairs the, the kind you sit on <laughs> it's just it's just a, it's just a simple patio set like it's a table two chairs um i was we wanted to get those like wooden tile things you can put on like on the ground so it makes it all look nice and mm-hmm. like wood tiley. Uh, but those those are out. Apparently they come. Apparently they get they're getting a new shipment on Friday, so I might jump back there on Friday. Uh, got like curtain rods, some curtains, you know, a little bit. Honestly, it was pretty slim pickings at IKEA. Like usually they have everything. Oh, you know what? The thing that pissed me off the most though. What's that? I wanted to get a cake stand, and <laughs> they had this. They had this. 
they had the display model, but they didn't have any actual ones for sale. I was so mad. I tried so, to. I'm, I'm gonna make it. Oh yeah. Well, I went to IKEA once when I came to LA, uh-huh. um, just to uh-huh. like pick up furniture and stuff. And yeah. I accidentally picked up one of the display models, and I brought it to the friend, and she's like, "Sir, I can't sell you this. It's a display model." And it was like from the top floor. And if you if you guys have ever oh, been to no. IKEA, because this was my first time going to IKEA, because uh, they didn't really have them where I was from. Um, IKEA is a very odd store. You like start at least for this one. You start at the top floor, and you like walk through a path, a pre-designed path of the sh- uh, of the store. And there's like no real way to like, there's like shortcuts and stuff throughout the story, but they're all yeah. kind of hidden and it's weird. Yeah. So I oh, picked it up so, from something. There's something to note. Like Ikea set up as like a giant showroom. So think yeah, of a yeah, store yeah. that like has everything displayed and you have to like walk this path. This, like, like Ben said, this predetermined path just yeah. through a whole bunch of showroom, like show floor things. The only stores I really went to before coming to LA were like, um, walmart and like target and and some malls and stuff so ikea is just like yeah really uh, a change of pace so (laughs) i had like a i forget what it was it was something that i really needed too and i I got it from the very top floor i'm like i don't i don't i i was tired i was like i'm not gonna walk all the way back and get one so i was like whatever i ordered one on amazon you like 45 minutes get from the top to the bottom right like yeah it took forever (laughs) and it was busy it was a busy day at ikea this was in january or something so or actually, probably December. Um, it was okay. It was oh, IKEA yeah. like super locked down with. Are they like enforcing uh, a bunch of stuff? Uh, so they did the you know the six feet and then uh, masks right required. They they're doing the same thing that like Whole Foods uh, is doing, where they only let a certain amount of people in the store at once. Uh-huh. So like I had to wait in line to to even get in, which is fine. Like I would do like fifteen minutes, like max. Uh, did to, you go, to get in and then yeah did, did you go to the one down in um it's like south of torrance uh, yeah carson city carson city yeah yeah that's the one i went to yep yeah yeah apparently bagel went to the one in burbank um and he said it took him an hour and a half just to get into the store oh my god that's a nightmare i just yeah. ordered my like you can do a you can do a ship to or a um a pickup thing there I've, i know i did that for my dad yeah so I was actually thinking about uh, like doing that with the stuff that we still need to get to mm-hmm. see if I can like just go there on Friday or Saturday. Just be like, that's probably pick better. it up. It's definitely safer yeah. for everyone. Yeah, probably. But we'll see. Anyway, I'm I'm like I said, I'm mad that I didn't get my cake stand because I was gonna. I'm I'm still gonna bake the cake, but now I'm just, just gonna have to like just put buy one on over it or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could. Yeah, totally. It's just I wanted to have it you know here today uh, and as as, Am- as good as amazon has gotten it's not quite as fast as me just picking the thing up and buying it so i thought amazon was, had two hour delivery in la before i moved here but apparently that's not really a thing or at least not where i live they have um, like well i mean on you can do like the the fresh amazon fresh well they'll they'll deliver groceries to you but yeah yeah i mean i i've i've actually i've actually bought something on amazon and had it delivered the, uh, like at night like late at night like 11 o'clock and had them deliver and they had delivered it by like 10 o'clock oh, yeah, the yeah, next yeah, morning yeah. yeah the, the next I day like, I kinda, kinda, was great. yeah kind of freaked me out a little bit not gonna lie <laughs> well that <laughs> but, that uh that's a great 
IKEA section. So I think we we covered IKEA really well that yeah. section. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. We should we should probably bill them for the free advertising. Yeah, um, I'm actually on the phone Wait, with Mr. That's... IKEA right now, and he said <laughs> whatever our rate is, he'll he'll match it. So yeah. Good. Oh, okay, nice. That's good. Oh man, that's so generous of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a really yeah, nice guy. Okay. Swedish, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is why we don't do this is why we don't do podcasts without guests. Yeah, podcasts without guests are unscripted. They get they get a little uh a little off the rails. Okay, so so oh man, so much has happened over the past month or so. Um Yeah. There's what's, been a what's lot. big in industry news? Yeah, what's going on? I don't know. Okay. So if we want to talk about like the the all the um Twitch drama that's been happening recently, like the the Doctor Disrespect ban, um, Mixer oh, shutting okay. down. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of stuff in that sphere. So Mixer was a platform. Um, for those of you listening from the the, the distant future, uh, Mixer was a platform that Microsoft intended to be some form of competition to Twitch. Um, they had a lot of integration with their Xbox services and they had a lot of. Uh, partner pushes they they actually poached streamers from twitch like um ninja and shroud were the two prominent ones and a few others um and microsoft in a sweeping decision uh announced with a bunch of other changes like they shut down all their retail stores um they've done they're they're moving a lot of their windows store games to steam um and they also shut down mixer which was something that they must have put in an immense amount of money into north of a billion dollars, probably if not more, because Mixer has actually not a lot of people remember this, but Mixer has actually been around for years. Um, it was originally called beam B E B E A M. Um, and it was oh. a, you do remember beam. I remember hearing it a little, like from a little while ago. I didn't know that was the, that's what it was. Yeah, originally the the claim, Beam's claim to fame was it had very, very, very low delay. They called it like light speed delay. So you could, like, I could say something on Twitch on a on a stream right now, and then like less than a second later or whatever the the number was, it would get to the viewer, which was a pretty big deal back then because Twitch struggled with delays. You could have anywhere between an eight mm-hmm. second to a twenty second delay on average, uh, for a Twitch stream. And for chat interaction, that's a pretty big deal. Um, Mm -hmm. So Beam's claim to fame was like sub-second delay or something ridiculous like that. Um, Unfortunately, Twitch finally got their shit together and they they launched latency mode, which lowers their delay from anywhere between 12 to 20 seconds down to usually two to four seconds. Like, it's pretty low. It's not instantaneous like Beam was. But it's low enough to where it really doesn't matter because nobody's like instantly reading chat anyway, and they're not like, "Oh my god, new chat message!" Like all the time. Some people do that, but most of the time, mm-hmm. it's not going to make a difference between zero seconds and two seconds. So their main competition or their main selling point, which was low latency streaming, got taken out from under them. And what they had after that was a a low population, lower viewer base, low streamer platform with what some would describe as a substandard UI. So mm-hmm. they really didn't have a lot going for them. When they put in all that money into purchasing all the, the big streamers, um, they scared Twitch 
because Twitch went through and negotiated uh, non-compete clauses with a lot of their top streamers. They 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 uh, did ex- exclusivity contracts with people like mm-hmm. Dr. Disrespect um, so they couldn't leave and go to Mixer or Facebook Gaming, which is also something that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, mm. So Mixer dying is a really big deal for Twitch. Like, they're they have to got to be really really happy about that but the vacuum people aren't happy with twitch P- people have not been happy with twitch for a long time <laughs> um, right there's just all like i'll i'll pause here for a discussion but there's a lot more we can talk about in terms of twitch and um i don't think we've ever really talked about it on the show before we talked a lot about reddit we've talked a lot about riot but we never talked about twitch <laughs> so we'll get to that but did you have any right. thoughts on, on on the diatribe that I just said? No, it's just it's it's interesting. I think um, I would be really interested to hear why, like you said, like um, why they decided to to exit. Not so much like you never want to fall into the idea of like the sunk cost fallacy, right? Like you put so much money into it, why why stop? Like there's there there should there there is a reason. I'm wondering what that reason is, right? Like. did shroud and ninja just not bring in the viewership the the numbers that they were hoping for right did they realize that you know uh it just wasn't a good investment like do they have something else on the horizon you know i i'd I'd be really interested to uh to hear that but i mean obviously unless we get someone from microsoft on air i don't think we'll ever really know but I think you hit the nail on the head partially with that. I don't think Ninja and Shroud were really bringing in groundbreaking numbers that Mixer was looking for. And I don't have the Mm. analytics um, for this because obviously they must have been private, but I would not be Mm. surprised if they did not manage to pull a lot of off-site viewers back to Mixer or over to Mixer in the first Mm -hmm. place. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm willing to bet that a, a, a large percentage, way more than uh, may, way more than Mixer was hoping for, of viewers who were watching Shroud and, and Ninja were already on Mixer at the time, um, and they uh, weren't they yeah. weren't from offsite because I know um, just off of anecdotal data, Ninja had an average viewer base of anywhere between ten to fifty thousand viewers at a time, depending on what he was doing, and that's a large large amount for an individual to have. Um, mm-hmm. And when he switched to Mixer, uh, I only caught a few of his streams, but it was normally even the the one of his streams like directly after he moved it was only anywhere between one to five thousand viewers if that um which is which is a very large drop and it's to be expected obviously because twitch is such a massive platform um i would liken it to like if you were to host all your content on youtube and then say okay i'm done with youtube i want to host all my content on like twitter video or or some other platform that's not very popular right um you're not going to get a lot of crossover yeah, I think um, personally, just the 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 heartbreaking aspect is going to be the people who did actually try to and did start building a following on Mixer. You know what I mean? That that community. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if they'll be able to make the jump to Twitch. But honestly, in, in my mind, uh, I think Microsoft had a really good opportunity to like kind of provide something a little different uh, in the sense of community building and and getting getting people um or creating places where people can could start making their own uh, mark on the streaming quote unquote uh industry i don't know what we would call it but like 
you know, who potentially who who could have been the next ninja or Doctor Disrespect on, but on Mixer. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so. <laughs> it's it's difficult because in a plot in in a ecosystem like streaming, they're really, and this is always a a a dated way to say it because there's always going to be innovations, but they're really <laughs> hi mochi. <laughs> there really wasn't a lot of innovations that um that Mixer had over Twitch. Like mm. what did Mixer do that Twitch didn't do? They had Yeah, exactly. Um they had a channel point system that wow. Twitch later integrated and I think they integrated it better. Mm-hmm. They had sub second Twitch del- or stream delay which Twitch later integrated and they did okay with that. Um mm-hmm. there really wasn't anything that that Mixer was doing differently or better than Twitch. So right, just fundamentally, yeah, yeah, just just on like the selling point of the platform would be the creators on the platform, and it's sort mm-hmm. of a um a self eating worm like the snake that swallows itself. Um, if you don't have viewers, you aren't going to have creators, and if you don't have creators, you're not going to have viewers. So they they did what was the only possible solution to that problem because it's such a saturated market already. Um, they mm-hmm. tried to buy viewers, basically. It's like what the Epic Game mm-hmm. Store is doing. They're trying to buy users. Um, Epic Games has been successful because they've had a very, very, very large amount of money to put into their store, and they've had a very large mm-hmm. amount of people who are willing to go to their store because they're giving away free games, and also Fortnite. Mm-hmm. still a very popular mm-hmm. game. Um, but to, uh, Mixer? Mixer is obviously backed by Microsoft, which is one of, if not the most wealthy companies in the world. But they probably didn't have the full financial support of Microsoft. They probably had a budget, and they probably were massively over budget and massively underperforming for that budget. Um, and right. I wouldn't be surprised if Bill William Gates just sat down and said, "I'm sorry, Mixer. It's going to be a no from me," and uh, gave him the <laughs> gave him the the X, the big X. Do you do you imagine it's kind of like uh, uh, America's Got Talent? Oh, like absolutely. Microsoft's got, yeah, Microsoft's Got Talent. Do you think they they yeah, set the, up there? C- the CEO of Mixer had to get onto a stage and give his Perform. his um give his uh pitch to as to why Mixer's yeah. to stay alive. And they had Bill Gates, um, uh, Steve Ballmer, and <laughs> some other Microsoft. I guess the only two Microsoft people I know. Uh, oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, Major Nelson, the guy from Xbox. They had all three of those guys oh, okay. on right. uh, on the stage. And then if they didn't like the pitch, they just gave him the X. And that, that's, that's what happened to them. So if uh, anyone ever asks you what happens to Mixer, just say that they failed. America's Got Talent. So that's all that there really needs to be said. Microsoft's yeah. Got Talent. That's what... So, yeah. yeah, I mean, okay. there's there's any number of reasons why Mixer wasn't successful. I think we probably covered most of them. But... I'd like to talk about the rumblings of a new competition for Twitch because there have been several rumors appearing that Spotify was going to launch a streaming service that, um, well, Facebook obviously already has their streaming service and they are promoting it heavily. Uh, Oh yeah. That's something we didn't mention. All of the Mixer partners that were on Mixer got invited to join Facebook gaming which is oh, an even more unpopular platform than Mixer was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. what happened was I think Facebook probably put however many millions of dollars and they said, hey, your platform's dying. 
we're going to pay you to take all these creators off your hand. And that way you have somewhere to put these people. Because if you say Mixer's shutting down, everyone just moved to Twitch. Nobody's going to be happy about yeah. that. That's what everyone did. Like everyone moved to Twitch. <laughs> nobody, nobody actually moved to Facebook gaming, but they didn't want to have to say that. So I don't know what Facebook is doing, but they're, they're pushing their platform really, really hard. I got you. I don't know. It's, I think you, I think you, you said it really well. Like what are you, what are, what are people doing differently that Twitch can't already provide or doesn't already provide? And, and I think the other thing to also be said is potentially there is someone or some company that can just be a better Twitch. Like you, you were alluding to it, that there is some people like a, a, a large portion of, of the user base is unhappy with Twitch yeah, because of various reasons. Well, like if, if for instance, Spotify or YouTube gaming or even Facebook, like eventually they're like, look, let's just be better than Twitch at what they're doing. <laughs> right. Like that's one way to compete. But um, really the, my question would be, what is, what is, what are, uh, what are the benefits to using these other platforms? But again, fundamentally, that's different yeah. um, from, from Twitch. And that's what's so surprising to me. You mentioned YouTube gaming. I think YouTube, on a technical level, is miles ahead of Twitch and always has been. Um, their mm. streaming service is much easier to set up. The, the, the encoding settings are way more accessible. Um, the viewer player itself is just miles ahead of Twitch. You can you have the ability to pause the stream live and unpause it and return to where you were instead of just going back to mm -hmm. live. You can rewind, watch any part of the VOD you want. It's just such a better technical platform than Twitch, which is disappointing because it's Google, it's YouTube. They've had the market share. They've had the features. They've had the technical advantages, but they still have no real competition for Twitch. And I think this might be changing over the past few months because I know a lot of um a lot of esport events are now shifting their focus towards YouTube gaming. Um I don't know mm -hmm. if you know mm -hmm. this, but Hearthstone is now doing their tournaments uh exclusively on YouTube gaming, I believe. On YouTube Live, oh, whatever it's called now. And okay. the the Riot Games Twitch channel or the Riot Games live stream service that streams LCS, mm -hmm. LCK um and yeah. lec they're pulling yeah. in more I mean, viewers on youtube now right than they were on yeah, twitch yeah. uh they still stream right. on both but if you go to to twitch yeah. on lcs um they'll have anywhere between seventy thousand to one hundred fifty thousand viewers and you're like man twitch is really or lcs is really not doing well but then mm -hmm. you go over to youtube and you realize that there's another hundred and fifty thousand to two hundred thousand people watching on youtube right and you're like oh wait i wonder if I wonder if it has just something to do with the accessibility of YouTube. Like maybe that's where, maybe that's where like that's gonna that's that's gonna be the the straw that breaks that breaks the the camel's back, right? Like, um, maybe that man that might not be the the right metaphor, but basically it's like YouTube's accessibility, um, and like international accessibility, um, versus maybe Twitch's like very specific market yeah. might actually be the might actually be the breaker the, so that's the, the the game changer that's really interesting that you bring up the international market because i don't believe that twitch really does have a presence in asia in china south korea um japan i believe right. that a lot of those markets are dominated by um chinese sites or or asian sites where yeah they have uh, their own they have their own services 
Yeah, like Azure TV, Azubi TV or something like that. Um, and they're massive. And that's that's just because that the, yeah. the Chinese market is massive. The population. Like, yeah. yeah it, it is just a huge... And the culture over there is different too. Um, and it's it's yeah. shifting. But yeah. they've been a lot more accepting of, of like video games as a competitive sport than the United yeah. States has historically. Um, that's also... That's also another thing too is like YouTube is still used in those countries, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Just not just so that like maybe that's where if there is in my mind if there is an easy because like for instance for you, right? Uh, or for for Dev Dive, you've started uh, clipping um, the 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 show into mm-hmm. little into little clips and then putting them out on YouTube. If you were on YouTube gaming if it was a streaming platform on youtube like would that be even easier to be able to do that you know what i mean like the accessibility and the versatility of your content and how much you can do with it that (laughs) might also be another really big factor because with twitch it's i'm just literally playing and streaming but if i want to go through and actually have more versatility in how i display or how i um so uh manipulate my content i know i know you know what i mean i know exactly where you're coming from and i think it's hilarious because twitch actually does have features in place for highlighting videos and and they have all the same features in place that youtube has but nobody Mm -hmm. uses it not a single person i know has ever used twitch as a video (laughs) platform i have no idea why it's it's yeah I, there's it, I think that's I, oh go ahead I just I, I don't know if it's the lack of discoverability the the mm-hmm. the ingrained uh human nature that people have to just use YouTube because it's easier right. um right, I don't right. know I don't know why but Twitch has has put a lot of effort and money into developing these these video tools right and they're not terrible they're not great but they're not terrible but nobody uses them. Right. <laughs> Well, that's actually, so the more I'm thinking about this, that's an interesting concept because think about the, Vivi might give me a dirty look here in a second because I might use a term uh, or idea incorrectly, but think about like the flow of of someone using uh, YouTube and, and Twitch to do like something, right? So if you approach it from, I'm a user, I'm gonna go to Twitch, I'm gonna watch my streamer, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna like, but I have I go to Twitch and I look at the streamers, right? Like, there's there's that idea of I already know what I'm looking for, and I'm gonna go to this uh, go to the site that I know that they're at. Yeah. Um, versus what YouTube or what people could potentially use YouTube for is people just browse YouTube for random ass videos, right? Like you you just get you just like they throw videos at you according to an algorithm and whatnot. So. For a content creator, maybe on YouTube, like they, what they want to do is, I want to have discoverability first, so I make all these videos that funnel them into my channel, that then they can come back and view my my content. Yeah. Um, slightly different, and it is nuanced, but I wonder if that's why, because people don't go to people don't think of Twitch as a video service or a you know Mm -hmm. uh, to watch random thing they go to watch a streamer whereas people go to youtube and they find videos of streamers that then funnels them into the content site and it's it's i want to talk about both sides of that because i i think you are really correct and there's there's Mm -hmm. two really weird aspects to this argument because twitch does have 
a lot of popular videos. They're called mm-hmm, clips mm-hmm. and they're 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 really advertised through subreddits like Livestream Fail. Um, all mm-hmm. the YouTube channels that just re-upload clips in compilations, which I personally don't sure. really like, but I know that they're they're mm-hmm. wildly popular. Um, mm-hmm. And they're they're these clips are are a huge source of traffic for Twitch, but nobody goes to Twitch to look at clips usually. Like you're not going on Twitch and right. saying like, "Man, where can I find a good clip?" You're going to a third party <laughs> site to find a a clip on the first party site, and I don't know right. if Twitch has really put a lot of thought into that. But they, they, yeah. I don't, there's no way to really, and there is a way, but it's not great. There's no way to look on Twitch and be like, I want to look at funny clips. If you want to look at funny clips from Twitch, you're going to go to Reddit, uh, yeah. you're going to go to Facebook, right. you're going to go to YouTube, Twitter, whatever. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be, yeah. uh, it'd be interesting. I mean, now, I mean, I'm, I'm actually very interested to, just by talking, I'm very interested to check out the YouTube gaming, uh, yeah, I actually, mean, let's YouTube gaming as a as a thing. We we never do this, but let's do a live look for the for the people who are watching the video portion of this podcast, and for the people who aren't. I'm, I apologize. I'll try to describe it. Uh, we're going to go to live yeah. to YouTube live and see what comes up. See what the thing is. There are 12 million people subscribed to YouTube live, and the top streams right now are 24 people, 24,000 people watching a Fortnite streamer. So that's a pretty large okay. amount of people. Um, okay, okay. Uh, I don't even know what this is. It's a 24-hour live stream of a, a TV series, I think. I'm not sure what that is. Um, NBC News, 8,000 people watching that. Um, oh, oh, I wonder what's going on. Rainbow Six Tournament, looks like. 6,000 okay. people watching that. So they have a viewer base, but it's it doesn't seem to be massive. But it well, looks. I also think the. Oh, go ahead. I think it looks too similar to what regular YouTube is. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Well, like that. Yes. Yes. Definitely. I. I think that. Like again, Twitch has cornered the market. It is the streaming platform, and when you go to Twitch, you go like there are people who are streaming all sorts of games and all sorts of titles and all sorts of genres, um, and that's what it is. That's what it's specifically um, promoting, right? Like it, it, it is designed to to be able to get you uh, through that yeah. process of selecting a streamer or selecting even just a genre that you want to check out. Whereas YouTube is is set up very differently. So I, I'm, you know, again, I'm just wondering what's going to be. What we like, should what's gonna be the winner one way or the other? We should have either Vivi or or uh, my friend Julian, uh, UX designers on um sometime. You know they, they both know each other, right? Yeah, maybe we could have a dual guest one, but we should talk it'd about really, it'd be really funny user experience. Because yeah. I think user experience Actually, is a very not well I mean, maybe you understand it better because you're married to Vivi, but from the layperson's yeah. experience, I don't think a lot of people really understand like what that oh, dude what that is what that um, means i should uh we should get uh chris on here uh if we want to if we want to focus on like maybe the history or the, the high level chris dame tastiest robot oh oh him. Played, yeah yeah, yeah, from, from yeah the he's server. like he's been in ux vivi how long have you been in ux been a while. yeah he's been <laughs> a 
so yeah long. it's been for a long time and and honestly i because i heard vivian and chris talk about this too like honestly the the discipline the the field of ux has is is not it, it's how, how do i want to put it because i want to i want to phrase it properly the idea of user experience has been around right mm-hmm. like people design yeah. things so people can use them right but to have it as like an identified discipline right like something that is coalesced and and has a specific you know um uh like career path and like goals and you know understanding of that it's it's not it's not super old it's not like you know it's not been around forever in that sense kind of like how like 3d animation you know like animation's been around forever but like 3d animation was actually very uh programming focused first and foremost and then it then became more of an art form like as it progressed as a discipline same idea ux has been around it's just like it's, it's more focused it's growth. more focused now than it's ever been i think yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think a lot more yeah. companies are are um looking for that person now too it seems like there's been a lot more and i, I don't know this could be a bi- uh, uh not recency bias what's the bias where you have seen it a lot more so you think it's more prominent even if it's not confirmation bias confirmation is that one okay um, it's it's what like you so you 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 have an idea or you have a oh, hypothesis yeah, 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 yeah. and you go and look for it and the first answer you find like uh verifies that that's confirmation bias you you you're just looking for the things that verify your your uh, your uh your premise yeah i'm not sure if that's exactly what i'm trying to say but yeah, yeah. i think Maybe because I've I've been immersed in uh, with more people who are from that discipline, it does seem like it's been more, um, more of a focus over the past decade or so than it has been previously. Um, that's interesting. I think, yeah, I think what 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 you're what you maybe um, again like the idea of user experience has been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, BV was just telling me a lot of people consider Walt Disney to be one of the first actual UX designers because if you look at his philosophies and how he approached what he was making, um, it was very user focused, which is one of the hallmarks of of user. Uh, yeah, user well, well, design. if we wanted to go more contemporary, obviously Apple has a lot of people focused on yep. user experience. Um, yes, exactly, and they have a very uh, a very tight and a very defined way of doing yeah. things like it, apple yeah. products will always have the similarity of they're, they're very simple to use they're very easy to understand and that experience trumps functionality power and price so and it's worked out for them because they're the most rich company in the world but that <laughs> is their that ups is and, their philosophy ups, ups and downs right um, ups and downs yeah. the the and and for you know, for people who are we who we keep saying experience design, experience design, and I think it would be a great uh, a great thing to have um, uh, Chris or VV or Julian to to talk us a little more through it, like from 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 an actual you know user design uh, user experience design perspective. But the thing that I've always thought of was um, if have you ever been to a Japanese site like a like a Japanese company site? Not really, no. Okay it is hellish to go through <laughs> like it is 
I like open it up and I, cause you know, and I'm, I'm going like, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea how to look for the things that I'm going through. The things that I do think are supposed to be there are not right. Like it's this whole idea of like, we, you cannot, it's not easy to use. So usability, right. The, another aspect that I always like bringing up is, um, and what people don't realize is uh, they did studies back on it in like the nineties uh, of websites or early 2000s of, of websites. And they go on average, if someone had to wait more than two seconds for a website to load, they would actually just leave. Oh yeah. 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 No, that that's right. That's um, that's a study that's been mirrored in a lot of, uh, a lot of other fields. Like I know that, they had studies for like loading times for for videos uh-huh. and stuff where if your video wouldn't yeah. load within 10 seconds you would just stop they would stop looking for that video yeah exactly um, right so those elements those are those are little those are little bits those are little elements of what a ux designer would potentially bring and and look at um, from that from that from that angle um to make your product to make your process to make your um what was the other word i was for uh your thing just better um more in line with what you're actually trying to trying to get done so i and and again there's there's a lot that you could probably talk in because i every now and again i try to like i try my best and she's like "Mm, close but no (laughs) yeah it's it's something that because user experience is is such a um like everyone knows what a bad user experience is, but they can't point out why it's bad or they can't use yeah. it. Like, like I'll go into a game yeah, that's a good or, point. or a yeah. site and I'll be like, oh, I just, I, I can't, I can't do this site. <laughs> um, yeah. I do that yeah, with, yeah. um, and most, some of the time it's because I don't like change. Like I'll use an example. Um, I am on Reddit quite a bit, but I don't like the new design that they've put out for Reddit. So I use old Reddit, which is basically just the Reddit mm-hmm. that's been around for 10 or so years. Um, I don't know if it's bad design or if it's just something I'm not used to, but I do know that I don't like it and I personally don't want to use it. So I would yeah. say that it's bad yeah, user yeah. experience, I guess. I don't know. Eh, so, sort of, because there's uh there's also the idea of change aversion, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, like it, you could just have change, change aversion and that over time you're going to actually go, oh, this isn't that bad. And then you're going to go, actually, this is pretty easy to use. Right. Mm-hmm. Or. You could, it could be like, no, I don't like it because this is awful to use and it doesn't matter that it's changed or not. It's just bad. <laughs> yeah. So I think I've gotten worse yeah. um, with change aversion over the years. I used to be very, so this is a, this is an old example for me, at least back, uh, back in like 2008 or so when I first joined Facebook, um, I was always really excited for when Facebook updated. Cause I was like, man, it's all new and cool. Um, and now I hate it when <laughs> sites update. I hate it when they change something, Twitch has done this and we'll circle back to Twitch. Cause I did want to talk more about why oh, right, I right. don't like Twitch. Um, mm-hmm. but Twitch has done a UI refresh like four times over the past couple of years. And each one has just been really obnoxious to use. Um, they've removed lots of features such as seeing who somebody's following, seeing who your followers are. I don't even think you could do that anymore. Um, seeing, uh, oh, just so many features that they've, they've decided to, get rid of um i don't know why i think it's i probably know why they got rid of seeing who people follow and i think it was because people were were using it to harass other people saying like hey you follow 10 Fortnite streamers or 10 whatever streamers loser or something like that 
but it's still a frustrating uh, feature to lose over something that probably wasn't going to be enforceable anyway. Like, you're not going to stop people from making fun of other people just because you don't see what streamers they follow now. I don't know. Um, I think we should wrap up the, the user experience discussion because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I feel like anyone uh, listening to the show, anyone listening to the show who knows what they're talking about or knows what like, like oh, what God. I should be talking about is probably just really frustrated with what I'm saying. <laughs> Rolling their eyes hardcore. Yeah, let's get yeah, let's let's make a note of that and have uh uh Chris Vivi or Julie on the show. Yeah, I'll I'll uh I'll try to organize something. Um okay, so let's let's talk a little bit more about Twitch then because sure. um Twitch and primarily we'll start from the front because this is a big one. And this is something that people have been complaining about Twitch for years, but it's just come to light that it's like actually a pretty big deal. And it's pretty true. Twitch um, has had an ongoing issue for many, 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 many years of nepotism and in, in equal, unequal moderation um, from their Twitch staff. Twitch staff have been accused okay. of, of giving favors to people that they like. Uh, banning mm-hmm. users that they don't like, uh, partnering people who didn't really meet the partnership requirements because they wanted something from them or they they wanted to impress them or something. Um, and this All is quid pro quo stuff. Huh? Yeah, quid pro quo. Um, I messed that up, but that's been something that's really been floating around, little rumors in the ecosystem for many, 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 many years. As long as Twitch has mm-hmm. been around, people have been accusing them of this. Very, very recently, the one of the most notorious people at Twitch, Hassan, uh, something. I'll let me let me pull up his name actually, because I don't want to mess it up. Hassan, which there's somebody named Hassan Hassan, that is a confusing name. Okay, so Hassan Bukhari, who is a accounts director and strategic partnership manager at Twitch, uh, one of the very mm-hmm. longest people that have been on the site. Uh, he has been accused of. Um, trading partnerships and and moderation and uh, some terrible some uh, terrible other stuff for sexual favors and sexual relationships with many women on the platform, um, and people yeah. are coming out now and saying that he was taking nude photographs from from these women that he was receiving them from and sharing them with his friends either on Twitch or on uh, third party sites, and. Okay. And many people come out and collaborate or corroborated these claims. So it seems that the rumors that Twitch has been um, engaged in a lot of this stuff is is accurate. And the the kicker is that this news has been out for over a week now, and they have not released a public statement. They haven't mm-hmm. removed Hassan from Twitch staff, at least publicly yet. He's still listed as as a member of the staff, and there has been no real changes based on what has been said they have updated their terms of service um to cover a lot more of this this these allegations that have been coming out and they have started banning people who are confirmed of these allegations like um a few partners uh probably most notably the the person behind the bless rng emote which is now gone um that he's gone from the platform his emote's gone He's wiped away because he was he was confirmed to be a uh, a sexual assault uh, 
proprietor. So they're taking stances against the partners, which is good. That's fantastic. They absolutely should. But they haven't taken a an action against one of the people in their own uh, system. So it's very, mm-hmm. it's very troubling for a lot of the partners who are afraid that they're going to be um, acted against because they're speaking out against this. So they're they're afraid that because of the the people who are already ingrained in the Twitch hierarchy, that they're not going to be taken out and and um, uh, held accountable for their actions. That they're going to harbor resentment towards these people who have spoken out against them, who have come out and and shared their stories. So the the technical or legal term is retaliation. Retaliation, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's okay. it's it's very interesting because Twitch as a platform has been obviously it's very incredibly popular. It is one of the top traffic sites in the world. Um behind like Reddit, Facebook, Google, Twitter, all those other uh YouTube, all the other major sites. It's up there though. And it has been a it's been a, on a meteoric rise. Twitch has been growing at an astounding level over the past few years. Um in the mainstream video game streaming in general has been skyrocketing over the past five, ten years. Um like ten years ago, even five years ago, if you nobody would know a single if you just asked a single person at like on the street or at Walmart, like, Oh, what's your favorite YouTube or Twitch streamer or something, your game streamer, they were not going to know a single thing, but now people will, they'll say like, Oh, I really like Ninja or I like Dr. Disrespect or so-and-so. These people are now in the public consciousness. So this is a, this is a, a widely accepted and known about industry now. And it's being, um, facilitated over by people who are not stick who are hypocritical i'm just going to say that it's it's they're not evenly um enforcing their their terms of service so that was a bit of a rant on why twitch is <laughs> a platform that that a lot of people have had issues with um but this is the oppor- is this the opportunity I don't know what you think cuz maybe I'm too too close to the issue. Do you think this is an opportunity for another site to come out and say like hey, we're fixing these problems? Come to our platform? No. No. Uh but that's very cynical. That's very cynical of me. Um <laughs> Let me let me let me think of how to how to So the the idea or the point is with this one particular person being a um prominent figure uh mm-hmm. in the Twitch organization of being not like currently being accused of and having some very strong evidence towards uh him being uh it basically acting illegally cuz all everything that you just like all the yeah. stuff that you said that he's accused of is illegal right mm-hmm. just flat out um is this is this the time for another studio or, or studio, another uh, platform to use to um, first usurp Twitch's, you know, base? No, I no, not at all. Like it, that's not gonna, that's not gonna happen. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly because as a service, 
it is still providing the things that it needs to do. And on top of that, if this is, or if this has been known, if this was a rumor or like kind of one of those, like, oh yeah, that like everyone knows about it, but no one does anything about it. Yeah. If that wasn't enough to get people off the platform, it that's not going to change now that someone's confirmed it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. So, and I think, I think the only chance that it would have is if creators do to, do take a stand against it and mass migrate off the platform. Yes. Um, yes. But that that would that would basically be the um, that would be the what was it the capitalistic <laughs> the yeah. capitalistic way. That would be the right? voting like, with your wallet of of yeah, that situation exactly. because the viewers aren't going to leave um, if the if the creators are still there. But if the creators leave, there's a chance that the viewers yeah. will leave too. I don't know. Yeah. So it's it's you know there's a lot it's a lot to to like unpack or you there's a lot you could unpack with that but uh but yeah like that it's it's an opportunity for Twitch to repair trust mm-hmm. right like there's a lot of trust that's just been slowly eroding um and that's why it's always important to put people um in those positions and and to set up a good strong uh I hate saying the word culture but that's a good uh, like a a strong culture um of of these it's very similar to um to how you know with some of the political stuff going around about um um uh, police brutality and, and the yeah. way the cops act like holding them to a higher standard expecting them to be held to a higher standard same idea right like if you if you have power if you exert any sort of control over someone's ability to do what they want to do in a space that they want to do it in then you have to be very responsible with that and it sounds like twitch has not been um again like i don't i don't know i haven't researched this but just from from your point of view from what you know and what you've told me it just sounds like they haven't been very responsible for it with it so and this uh, is this is an interesting point because the parallel that you brought across with the the political movements based on police brutality. I wonder if that was an ignition point for more of these stories to come out, more of these stories of of people abusing their power over others and abusing their their positions to give them either sexual favors or um, uh, financial favors or something like that, or even just a, a, a feeling of power. Do you think we're seeing more of these stories coming up because of the the current um, culture that that is being celebrated, like the the uh, finally coming and striking back against the the oppressors? <laughs> I don't know if that's the best way to say it. But... Uh, I think it's mostly because, well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something that's really high level. Right? Yeah, and like, okay, that, so let's like let's super... preface with with whatever we say that. We're both just two guys sitting in in our rooms talking about stuff. Yeah, exactly. We don't know. Right, like we 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 aren't shit. experts in all of this right? stuff. Like, this is just our right. conjecture. Well, I mean, I mean, we're two we're two heterosexual, primarily white men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, this is this is you know, again, like you said, we're just two dudes who haven't really had to deal with a lot of these issues, uh, talking about it from our perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me going back like taking even a, a, a much wider stance of the of uh, of the world um situation i i believe i firmly believe that the world has always been fucked up like humanity humans society culture there is some 
hellish things that have gone on um, at all periods of time. Uh, but the difference between now and 100 years ago is how easily accessible and shareable <laughs> that information is. Like, if something happened in a town that was horrendous and horrific, everyone in that town would know. Maybe the next town over, like a, a little, like a bubble out would know. And if it was bad enough, maybe the state would know. <laughs> but that would all take time. And that would all, you know, like it would have to go through the grapevine and all these things. Um, and, and that, that does affect kind of the wave or the impact of that news. Now, though, if something hellish happens and someone takes a video of it and puts it online, everyone in the world knows. Instantaneously. Instantly. Yeah. Right away. Exactly. So, so that's a concept that I'm building this idea off of. I think what we're seeing is that before it was hard to organize, it was hard to um, support, it was hard to really get the ball going because one person in one part of the city, one person in another part of the world saying like these people have abused their power, these people have done reprehensible things and they would have a close or a small ground swelling. <laughs> but unfortunately, it wasn't enough support to really, you know, to really drive that kind of cultural and societal change. Now, though, you get someone who's saying this person did something fucked up. I want to hold them accountable. And then you start having other people starting to join in and say, yes, I support or I confirm or I also was a part of this. And now being able to get that groundswelling and get that momentum much easier now. So mm -hmm. I think that's what we're seeing now is that one of, <laughs> and another, another concept is like technology is a tool. You can use it for great good. You could use it for evil, or you can just use it for stupid shit. Um, and I think we're starting to see one of those benefits of technology really coming through. Um, and, and we can see how it directly uh, impacts, you know, like immediately our our current our current understanding of yeah topics in the, in the and world. I'd, I'd um, be interested so. to see and there's no this is the weirdest thing that, that strikes me about gathering data and coming to conclusions based on that data is there's no real way to look at these from alternative point of view you can always say like what if this happened when we weren't in a global health pandemic what if this didn't happen when everyone was ha when everyone was stuck inside for six months and frustrated and upset? What mm -hmm. if this didn't mm -hmm. happen during a, a time of cultural unrest because of um, the current political hierarchy? Like, what it like? Mm -hmm. Is this just a, a perfect storm of events that's that's happening to make people come to these conclusions, or is would this happen mm -hmm. regardless? Like, would these right. things? Uh, unfold be regardless of, yeah. of the current situations um yeah and there's no way to really say yes or no definitively like you can you can say oh, sure. oh obviously if so and so could... wasn't in charge then yeah. this country would be so much hypotheses and, yeah yeah stuff like yeah Kevin, totally um and just a just a shameless plug remember data like data just like anything else it's just points of information depending on how it's presented and depending on how it's used can paint very different pictures. Yeah. Wait, so wait, what's that a shameless uh, plug for? Just shameless plug of, of remember not to take everything at face value. No. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to like say like, so come join us on Thursday for my data show. 
<laughs> oh man, but, okay, uh, we we tangented pretty hard, but I don't know. I felt like it was a pretty good discussion. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. It's always it's always interesting. Uh, again, I'm not as plugged in. Um, yeah, that's one of my that's one of the things I I'm trying to figure out a good way to resolve. Um, I'm not as plugged in, and I don't really keep up with uh, news like that as as much as I should. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe I also... you have. I think you're in an advantage because you have an untainted opinion. You have oh. you're not you're well untainted from that perspective because you're not. Oh you're yeah, not, sure, yeah. Um. And you don't like. I don't think it's healthy to have all of this stuff coming some, into your head twenty four seven. Like, uh, yeah. and I, we can talk about this a little bit if if you'd like. I think that the constant barrage of negative news and negative uh, stories, literally twenty four seven, has really put people in a like you said. You know, you now are aware if something terrible happens anywhere in the world, uh, regardless of if it's on the upswing or not, because we're in an age where where connectivity is instant. Um, I think that it could be a bit of a negative feedback loop where you hear about all these terrible things that are happening, which causes you to be more aware of all the terrible things that are happening, which causes more terrible things to happen. Does that make sense? Uh yeah, I think I think it just goes to the 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 catch twenty two uh print the idea you were going through. I don't know if it causes more terrible things to happen. I I couldn't agree with that, but mm-hmm. being aware of terrible things and then that leading, especially with the way where where a lot of um like search algorithms and entertainment algorithms, right? Like you start finding one thing and then it'll give you and it'll surface more and more and more. Same idea, right? It's easy to focus on the bad, and most of the time people will focus on. The bad things that happen uh very rarely do you have someone who um like very rarely will you sit there and and think about your day and go today was you know a great day because i picked a flower in the yard right like but or you could have a week think of it this way you actually here's a really good way of thinking about it think about your week right when I ask you how was your week, how did your week go? What's what's your response? You don't have to tell me, right? What's your response? <laughs> um, in in my mind, in my mind, I go, yeah, it was all right. And yeah. then I start talking about what pissed me off or what went wrong, right? That's the first thing I talk about because really, naturally, I me is for me, I want to be happy. So that is my that's my natural like state that I want to be in. So I don't talk about the things that actually make me happy. I talk about the things that are keeping me from being in the state that I want to be in. <laughs> Does that make that's, sense? Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know what my answer would be. I think maybe because I'm in sort of a weird life period where I'm sort of just existing. Like I'm I'm working on things. I'm working on things at work. I'm working on things at home. But I feel like I'm not really progressing anywhere right now and i think it's it's it might be a feeling because i've just been in this space for so long that i'm just sick of it and i'm just like okay i want to go back to the office i want to go back to outside i don't know um sure Sure, that's interesting if if you had asked me that question a year ago i would i don't know if my answer would be different but i'm not sure well i mean that's the thing people like you know your your life changes right things go through uh 
phases and, and things like that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just that idea of uh, just be just it, it make it at the forefront, right? Like, yes, there are some terrible things going on, um, and 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 you know, it is it is just a, uh, uh, justifiable to to be concerned and to to really have that weigh on you, right? Like that, yes. Um, it is also good and healthy to go and try and find the good things that are happening. Right, it's kind of a mindset. So, that would be my that would be my plug. Don't always. <laughs> and wow, there's like so many things going on in my head that I like. I would have to try and distill down. But it's like, yeah, bad things happen, and it's 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 good to feel, like it's good to understand the weight of those things. The flip side to that is also, uh, you, you are always your harshest critic. And everyone, think of it as everyone, um, or uh, you, you will, you will see everyone's highlight reel, right? That's what you're seeing, and you're the one who sees your own blooper reel. You yeah. know what I mean? That, everyone has a blooper reel. <laughs> Their whole life is a blooper reel. That's something that I've always um, had a hard time. Not, not so much the everyone else is perfect and I'm terrible mm -hmm. um, thing. Although I think everyone struggles with that a little bit. But I've yeah. I've had problems with not separating um, experiences. Like I'll I'll have like just for a light example, I'll have like a funny story or a funny joke that I I'll tell, and I'll be like, hey, that was a funny joke, and I'll tell the joke to one group of friends, and I'll be like, okay, that's done. Like I wouldn't go and say like tell it to another group of friends or tell it to another person or, or share it in the office because in my mind, like I don't want to be like the guy who repeats the same joke all the time. But for those <laughs> people, they're like, they never even heard the joke or they never even heard this story, but it's still in my yeah. brain that I don't want to be the person who's just like saying the same thing over and over and over again. Um, it's, it's hard for me to remember. And maybe it's because I, I am just uh, in connected to so many different circles of people. Like, um, not uh, not every on the same level of it for every person, but I I have um a large group of acquaintances and a small group of friend groups, and it's mm -hmm. hard for me to differentiate between all all of those different people. And like in my mind, I want to categorize and be like, did I did I act like this with these people before? Did I act like this with these people before? Like. How do I, what is my personality over here? What is my personality over there? I don't know. It's, it's a struggle. Um, okay. I think I, I got off track, <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, I think I, I think we've been a little off. Yes. The world's fucked up. Everything's on fire, but that doesn't mean there aren't people out there trying to, that aren't trying to put it out. Yeah. So um, good and bad, right? Good and bad. Let's see. Um. I don't think I have much written down. I wanted to talk more about um, YouTube's discoverability because we were talking about it a little bit. I think, mm -hmm. and this could, again, just be confirmation bias, but I think that YouTube um, over the past four years-ish has almost entirely perfected their recommendation algorithm to make it so that, to maximize watch time and to maximize, like, interesting content engagement yeah yeah so do you 
four years ago, I would never go on YouTube and click on a related video. I would never open up the website, look at a video and just say like, oh, that looks interesting and click on that one. The only way I'd go to YouTube is I would be directed from a third party site like Reddit or Facebook or, or whatever um, and watch that video. Or I would watch a subscription video where I would be subscribed to somebody and watch their video. I would never use the recommended service. Now, I get so much content from the recommended service that it's 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 surpassed all other forms of of content direction. Like I I am receiving more content from the recommendation that I'm interested in and want to watch than I've ever had before. And I don't know if that's that's confirmation bias where like hey, it's just me who is more interested now or if they have gotten so good at it that it is just globally gone up. Do you have a similar experience? Um, I would say yes. I think their algorithm is is better. I think they've they've spent a lot of time um, and applied a lot of their kind of R and D and brain power to to perfecting that. Because if you think of Google Search um, and applying it to a video uh, to to um, to get you the things that will drive engagement and clicks, right? Like that is something that I, I, I agree that they have gotten better at. I would say that, uh, I don't think I had the same path as, as, as quite kind of what you were describing. Cause I was never really big into YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I would watch videos and I would see things, but, but when it came to content, I was always watching like, you know, TV or Netflix or, you know, something, okay. something more long form. And then the short form, I've only started to really get an appreciation for, but even now, like YouTube videos, the ones that I normally watch are about the length of an episode of TV. Yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm know? actually in the Either, same boat. I, I really yeah, enjoy like the 20 to 40 to 50 minute um, videos. Like that's, that is yeah. what, and YouTube like knows this and it's sending me yeah. these videos that are like 30 exactly. to 50 minutes long. It's weird. And that's, it's funny because I'm like, it's either, ha- it either has to be pretty short, right? So it's either a couple seconds or five minutes, 15 minutes, or like 20 to 30 minutes for me to like, those are, that's kind of, that's kind of the pairing for me, my ideal or optimal, like viewing time, whatever. But they also, the other thing too is, um, the like just the sheer breadth of content i think it was just natural it was only natural for them to develop algorithms and and processes and automated ways to surface content because like how many thousands of hours or hundreds of hours of videos are uploaded every minute to youtube it's it's more than it's ever been yeah yeah like how would you even ever possibly start to sort any of that out right like um so it's 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 just yeah i i uh i agree i think the danger thing the dangerous aspect is that they are the algorithm is there to keep you engaged it's not there to surface content that might be good yeah. or beneficial or you know whatever that's not its primary purpose it's there to just keep you engaged which can be dangerous yeah and i think i think um there's been way more intelligent people talking about this than us but there's there's been some discussions about how uh, what is YouTube's responsibility or what is any site's responsibility to um, 
they call it fostering extremism or something where mm -hmm. you'll, mm -hmm. where if you start looking at a viewpoint on YouTube, I'm not going to get into any specific viewpoints because everyone has their different viewpoints, a, a, but a viewpoint, right? Yeah. A viewpoint you will are more likely to be recommended things of that viewpoint. And the more viewpoints yeah. or the more of that viewpoint you consume, the more yep. extreme you will become about that viewpoint. And it will start recommending that, more and more extreme yeah. versions of that, where you'll start with like, Hey, I like this. Do you like this? And it'll end with like, everyone who doesn't like this is an enemy of the world and deserves to be die or something like that. That is, that is what you call confirmation bias. That's yeah. what you, that's what you, but it's, right? I mean, we have a, this, this episode should just be titled confirmation bias, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's interesting yeah. because there have been like, what is YouTube's responsibility? It, do they have a responsibility? Like how are they going to combat uh, this this type well, of issue yeah well i mean that that goes back to the, again i don't think youtube it would be an interesting change to see um but like for me it's i think it goes it's not it's not one any particular one uh company's responsibility i honestly like blame a lot of factors but you know our education system in the u.s the, the like and then some of the societal practices that we have like the i was i was taught thankfully right um to be skeptical and then to also look look through like how do i want to put it like look from like put put the shoe on the uh, uh put put yourself in their shoes like look through the argument from both ways don't just accept one side as the i like as the answer like do your own research and think about it mm -hmm. so some of the things that i'll do that when i find them like yeah i really agree with this i like i really agree with this i will purposely go out of my way to find articles that completely disagree with it so that i can so that i can have a good balance and to yeah. make my mind up thoroughly so that's that's but a, that that's a yeah that sounds really hard <laughs> it is it's very hard um because you have to open up to yourself to possibly being wrong which is a completely other topic that i could go off on but it's it's okay to be wrong because it's not saying that you're a dumb person it's not saying you're a bad person it's saying you are operating off of incomplete information that's all that means the thing so, that, that it's not even that for me i think it's more difficult for me to be in a position where I want to purposely disprove something that I, I think is correct. Um, because I, I fall into the, the, I'm very, I'm a very skeptical person in general, skeptical and cynical, which is something I've been trying to work on, but mm -hmm. I'll go, I, I have a problem with, I don't know if this is the correct word. I always root for the underdog. So for the that's issue I have, okay. yeah, I guess, I guess that's a bias. The issue I have is where if I see any situation, regardless of the viewpoint where a very large group of people is hating on a small group of people <laughs> that I'll be like, sure. come on, leave the small group yeah. of people alone. Or like, even when, just, even when they're Nazis. Well, okay. <laughs> let's not, let's okay. not get into All that. Right. So there is this, all right, we've figured out that we've figured out the 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 extreme ends. Okay, good. Okay, all right, we're 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 on track. Okay, I'm talking more along the lines of like the um. Okay, I'll, I'll try to find it. I'll try to think of a specific example that's not 
like too too extreme. Um, okay, yeah, this is a great example because it ties back into League of Legends. I I love watching esports, but the problem I have is like I'll watch like TSM versus uh, Dignitas, and I like TSM, and I don't really have any heart. I don't really have any strong feelings about Dignitas. But when TSM's like beating up Dignitas in the game, I'll be like, I'm kind of rooting for Dignitas. I'm kind of being like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe I want Dig to come back and win. Um, <laughs> and that philosophy applies to a lot of things for me. And I don't think it's yeah. necessarily a good thing because, like, obviously some views are, like you said, some views are in the minority because they're just terrible views. For, for a reason, yeah. Yeah, for a reason. Yeah. But yeah. it's hard for me to disassociate the mob mentality that I've seen from the majority of the people who I, I see. Like, yeah. And maybe that's because of my background on sites like Reddit where the mob mentality is so often wrong. Um, objective, objectively wrong, not just like I think it's wrong. Objectively, these people right. are trying to ruin somebody's life over a false piece mm-hmm. of information. Um, right. So I don't know. That's probably where my bias comes from. Well, I mean, that's what you described that underdog feeling. That's an actual phenomenon. That's not like that. Yes, people people want to root for the underdog because very often people think of themselves as the underdog. Mm-hmm. right so they want to root for like that that there's studies done on on that very interesting i would say that and i also agree humans are stupid and maybe gets mad at me sometimes whenever i say that i'm like humans humanity we're fucking dumb we're dumb as shit that's true people can be smart people can make good choices individuals can make good choices but mob mentality her mentality is 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 a thing and it's very dangerous um but that's where it goes back to going back to that idea of practicing good mental discipline. And I, I struggle with it sometimes too, right? Um, practicing good mental discipline to recognize when you do start falling into your biases, when you start leaning on those, um, and to pull yourself out by doing that simple, okay, I agree with this point. I feel very strongly about this point. There's two ways to go about it. One, I want to be make I want to make sure that my argument is fucking airtight. So I'm going to go and research what the opposite side would potentially come at me with mm-hmm. so that I have a good understanding of where they're coming from. Or two, I want to make sure that my that that my my ideas or my uh, uh, acceptance of this is actually good and complete like like i i I have thought this through it it is you know i haven't i haven't uh missed something yeah so i I wanted to it is it's very hard i wanted to interject because i went i I had something that i just thought of that i thought oh uh, yeah yeah kind of adds to that or adds to what i was saying earlier um something that I, i really really frustrates me is when people cherry pick information that supports their argument. Um, mm-hmm. Like for, for a specific example, without getting too specific, like if you see a news story on a website and it doesn't have to be a biased website, just any website that that is credible. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, I'm so sick of these people doing that thing. And you share that news, that news thing. And you're like, can you believe that all of these people believe this? pathetic or something like that i it's really frustrates me when i see that and it happens on all sides of any argument you're you're gonna see this 
um, anywhere. Um, and it, it's really frustrating because I know, I know that both sides do it and, and all sides do it, but it, it, it frustrates me more for one side than the other. Like I'll see for it's the under, it's going back to the other underdog thing again. Like I'll see it from both sides, obviously, but I'll also be like, Oh yeah, those guys, those guys deserve that. <laughs> those guys deserve the cherry picking because they're, they're the ones who do it more often or something like that. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I get you. It's hard. Well, again, that's mostly because of upbringing and experience and and whatnot. Like I've been very lucky. My father was very adamant about me um, thinking like, like make up your own mind. Like uh-huh. just because, like, and he said this, just because I tell you something, just because your grandmother tells you something, she grace, she raised me. Just because anyone tells you, any authority figure tells you something, don't don't just blindly accept it, right? Like actually think about it, think it through, come up to your own decision. Because he's from, you know, he's country, so he he, <laughs> he holds he holds yeah. to that idea of if you yeah if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. Right. And that's that's where his mentality was like, know what your know what your morals are, know what you stand for, know what you believe. Right. And then make sure that make sure that you actually believe them and that they're good. Right. Like there's this whole thing like to build off of that. But for me, it's for me, it's very much I like I. I've been lucky. I've been lucky to have people, um, namely, namely Vivi. (laughs) to to point out whenever i have or am acting off of my biases like because everyone has them everyone is biased in some sort of way right there's multiple ways there's multiple biases or biases bias whatever but it's it's okay that's all right it's just you need to understand when they're kicking in and how to combat them right like that's really the big thing um so I, I can't say I empathize, but I do sympathize. <laughs> <laughs> this went to a, a psychological point, I think. I don't know. It was an interesting yeah, discussion. Um, yeah. this, it well, it I mean, reminds me a little bit of, of the conversations that we have when I get drunk and I, I call you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, our, our, meta, our physic, physical, yeah. metaphysical, our, universe, quantum, our universal discussion. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Man, that would be that would be a fucking podcast right oh, there. Man. I don't know if I no. want to have that publicized. <laughs> I still fully hold on to my opinions, but, by the way. Hey, man, that's okay. That's all right. Um, oh, man, did we have anything we wanted specifically? I think we talked about a lot. I don't know. I never. I, the uh, problem we, with this show, and I'll, I'll reiterate in case you just have just tuned in for some reason. Uh, we were gonna have my friend on for an episode tonight but he wasn't able to make it so we sort of just like said like hey do we want to have a show still and Larry's like yeah why not so we're just we're just sort of like talking um which is fine it's it's good to have a filler episode every now and then i will say though that i have to get ready for dinner okay okay we'll wrap it up yeah um all right if you enjoyed this episode of dev dive why not follow us on twitch or twitter or youtube twitch.tv slash nighthawk20,000 youtube.com slash nighthawk20,000 or twitter.com slash devdivepodcast check those out for updates on the show and uh, just keep a, keep an eye out for new episodes we're having an episode next week um, I think 
I can announce. Yeah, I can announce this because it's been it's been fairly confirmed, and I've had I've been burned in the past because of uh, confirmations <laughs> that have been unconfirmed. But I'm gonna do it now and tempt fate. Uh, we're having Travis Gafford on next week um, on the show, and unfortunately, I don't think Larry will be able to make it because we have to do it on a Tuesday, and it's gonna be a weird time for him. But me and Travis are gonna have yeah. a discussion about uh, what. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. I'm, I think I'm mostly going to talk about his career in esports interviewing and a lot of, because he's been in the game for ever, forever, like so long. Um, and I'm sure he's got a lot of interesting stories to tell. So tune in next Tuesday, uh, July 8th, I think it is. Um, whatever Tuesday in July 2020 is. It's going to be at 5.30 or 5 p.m. I'll uh, it's just follow the Twitter. I'll keep you guys updated. It's going to be a good show. And as always, if you can't watch live, watch on YouTube. If you can't watch on YouTube, listen on Spotify or iTunes or Google Podcasts. Um, I appreciate you guys. We've been having a lot of uh, a lot of great support coming from the people. We've, we've gone up about 100 subscribers on YouTube since we restarted the show. Uh, we've had oh, some people who have left some really kind messages on Reddit. Uh, Twitter and and my Discord and and under the YouTube comments themselves. So I appreciate you guys more than anything. It means a lot whenever anyone uh, um, leaves a nice comment. So, um, and if you guys want to build the show, share it with your friends, share it with your your uh, coworkers or colleagues, people who would be interested in this kind of thing. And we really appreciate it. Um, yeah, that's that's all for us today. Thanks for coming to this this more scuffed show than normally, but. Uh, it was a fun time. I think we we talked a lot about um the world and and what our, what our viewpoints on it. So if you like that kind of thing, then tune in for the future. All right, have a good day, everyone. Yeah. Bye.